Listening to the Vince Quinn Show, weekend overnights on CBS Sports Radio. Could it be? We're back, baby! What is going on? It is so good to be here, Vince Quinn. Yes, I am back on CBS Sports Radio. I'm going to be here every Saturday into Sunday, East Coast, West Coast, Middle America. What is up? I missed you guys so much. And we got so many great things to get into. So we're going to start with, by the way, you got week one of the NFL season, right? So that just played out. Now we got week two right around the corner. And here's the thing that keeps going through my mind. This is the thing that, because over the course of the week, let me tell you, just first off, being an Eagles fan and seeing how they got crushed in Washington, I did nothing this week but panic. That was my whole week. It was just like, oh my God, everything is on fire. This is the worst thing I've ever seen in my life. This team is in terrible shape and Wentz stinks and all this stuff. And then I had to step back for a moment. And I had to really consider that when you think of the circumstances of what's going on in the NFL today, How much can you really learn from week one? That's the thing that I can't get over. How much can you actually take away from a week one performance? And let's talk about it. 855-212-4227. That's how you join the show. Again, I'm Vince Quinn. What's up, baby? Coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loan Studios. When you need certainty in the home buying process with a loan that fits your life, Rocket can. James Graceffo in the house producing me. James, did you miss me? Be honest, scale of one to ten. Five and a half. Five and a half. I'll take it. It's positive. It's on the right side See, of five. It's like, yeah, you're on the right side of five. Yes. So there I we go. I want to give you a five just to leave you hanging. Yeah, no, you gotta you gotta have a take, right? That's how it is. You gotta you gotta lean one side or the other. As warm as that take could have possibly been. <laughs> yeah, that was <laughs> it was out of the oven an hour ago, but it's it's still warm, so I'll take it. Anyway, uh, let's talk about week one of the NFL season here, right? Because I got to tell you, like, you look at all this stuff and you get so caught up in the moment, right? You get regular season football. And I'll tell you, for week one football, given the circumstances, it looked really good. I got to tell you, I, I was going into week one thinking, I'm going to see some of the worst tackling I've ever witnessed in my life. It's going to be guys running through arm tackles left and right, guys that look like they never learned how to tackle. You know, the classic speed bump that you typically see a cornerback that has no interest in ever bringing a man down, and they just kind of throw themselves on the ground and hope somebody falls over them. Like, I didn't see much of that. You know, I watched a lot of games from last Sunday. I didn't see much of that. So the product looked good. And when the product looks good, All across the league, naturally, you're going to start treating it like it's a typical year. But that's the thing that, again, it's not a typical year. That's the most important thing. When you're trying to figure out what to actually take away from this, you got to consider the circumstances, right? There's no training camp. There's no mini camps. There was no preseason, right? And you might say, oh, Vince, preseason, who needs it, right? Who cares? Preseason stinks. No, the preseason has some legitimate value, right? There's guys that the back end of the roster, what's that going to look like? Guys that crack the rotation that maybe wouldn't have. Wide receivers, when you have so many three, four, and uh, five wide receiver sets, running back rotations, it's almost all committee. 
right? That can change over the course of a preseason. We didn't have that. So when you consider all of the circumstances that go into just what the buildup was, right, of the typical ebb and flow of an NFL year, you didn't have the same buildup this year. So when it comes to week one, it's easy to look at it and treat it like a normal year and overreact. I mean, God forbid you're a fan of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and your team is 0-1 and the sky is falling, right? Like, God forbid. It's only week one. It's week one of a pandemic season. How much did we really learn? There's some things. Don't, don't get me wrong. I'm not going to say we didn't learn anything week one. That would be patently ridiculous, okay? Now, as much as I like to say ridiculous things, that is not one of them. So uh, what do you actually learn from week one? Well, you look at the kind of teams that are at the top, right? That's the major thing. If I'm going to evaluate these things, the biggest key that I've got is history. Show me a team with history. Show me a player that has history. And if they're the same old guy and it's year five, year six, year seven, year eight, I know who they are. You know, those are the kinds of things I can take into account. For example, in a simple way, John Harbaugh, Baltimore Ravens. He's been there forever. That organization is as steady as can be. When Lamar Jackson comes out being the MVP last year, and they just destroy. I mean, how embarrassing was that game for the Browns, by the way? They they ran a fake punt run on fourth and four on their own 30 In the first quarter, it was insane. Like, you see that kind of stuff, and I go, one, okay, maybe same old Browns, but I'm not going to totally judge them yet. But two, I know that Baltimore's legit. I have seen that team before. I know what to expect from them. They showed up and played to expectations. They didn't just beat a bad team. They dominated a bad team. I know who Baltimore is. After week one, I can tell you I know what the Baltimore Ravens are. If you think they're a Super Bowl contender, that's where they're at. Same team. But there's other teams, like, you look around the league and there's certain guys that I don't quite think I can make that judgment about yet. For example, this is, this is one that shocked me. Shocked me to my core. Josh Allen threw over 70% completion percentage week one. Is that Josh Allen? Is that who he is now? Has he taken a step? Is the accuracy better? Have they built an offense that's differently, uh, different enough that it's going to make the easy throws for him? He's not going to have a throw that's, you know, three yards, five yards ahead of him, and he throws it into the second deck of the stadium. Is, is he a different guy? I don't know. He's still a young enough player. You can still sell me that he's growing, that maybe he is. I, I doubt it, but I don't know yet. I, I can't judge him. It's week one. He's He's got too many question marks still to know. Mitch Trubisky, another guy. Like, I want to tell you that Mitch Trubisky stinks. I would love to tell you. It's kind of fun. You know, it's it's just over the past couple of years, the guy stunk. When you pile up the, hey, he's against Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes in the same draft, it's easy to go after Trubisky. But he did win a comeback drive. You know, he he won the game for Chicago. So it was kind of ugly, but he did win. He won the job over Nick Foles. How much do I really know about Mitch Trubisky? I don't know. I don't know yet. I got to see. So, Again, my question is, how much are you at this point 
judging teams, how much should we judge teams week one into the regular season? What do you take away? What do you look at and say, I know this for a fact. This is something that, without a doubt, I know is a fact of the NFL season. This is who a team is going to be. This is who a player is going to be. This guy is going to be an MVP. This team is going to be the worst team you've ever seen in your life, and they're going to draft Trevor Lawrence. Like, how do you feel about all of that? Because, again, my my first instinct watching week one was like, oh, my God, look at this. The Eagles are the worst thing I've ever seen. They're, uh, Carson Wentz is terrible. Maybe he is. I don't know. It's 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 week one, right? you got to calm down. you got to also consider that it's not just the offseason that we've gone through, right? Because the offseason was obviously just totally bizarre, unprecedented. But you have to think, too, if you remember a couple of months ago, Back in uh, version one of this show is what we'll call it. Um, there was there was a new CBA agreement between the NFL and the Players Association. You practice less, so you're talking about all of these teams already. You know, all across the NFL, you're dealing with the the problems and limitations of a pandemic, but you're also dealing with the new CBA that tells these teams less than ever you're going to practice. They don't get as much time to refine themselves. They're not as sharp as they're going to be. And rookies, for example, like that's one of the fascinating things too. That's why I can't go head over heels judging teams for week one. I can't do it. Because think of the rookie factor, right? I mean, how much have things changed for rookies this year? How much of a disadvantage are those guys at? And we're in an era of football now where I expect rookies to play well almost right away, right? We see that. Pretty regularly now, wide receivers, running backs, they come in, they look good, they might even put up 1,000 yards their first year. Once in a while, they'll do it. It's And when it happens, it's not surprising. Rookies do that these days. But when you're held up from going through all of that terminology, I mean, think of the things that are said in a huddle. Have you ever listened to the video clips of guys in an NFL huddle? Have you ever heard Peyton Manning call the full like realm of a play? It sounds like he's reading computer code at you. I mean, it just it's a totally different language. These guys have to learn that. They have to know it instinctively. That's tough. And so when your rookie class can't always contribute the way that they want to, the way that you expect them to, it's hard for me to fully judge a team. I can't do that right away. And in fact, you know what? I will say this. Props to Joe Burrow, who's looked pretty good. Two weeks into the season, that kid can play. For a rookie quarterback in Cincinnati, that's not easy. Props to him. I don't know if he's going to be good yet, but he's looked good so far. And so when you go back and you you try to judge all of this, I mean, again, there's just so many complicated things. Here's another part of week one that, that really you have to, you kind of forget about in the moment. It's not going to be a week one story. And I don't know if it's going to be a story again, but you can't forget the fact that prior to the start of this season, Players opted out, right? I mean, think of the number of players across the league that said, I'm healthy, I'm here, and now I'm going home. I'm not going to play. And the holes that that creates, the problems that that creates, totally unforeseen circumstances. Hey, you draft knowing that a guy in a year is going to retire. You draft or sign somebody with the idea that somebody's going to get hurt. They have an injury history, and so you want a good backup. You prepare for that. But what kind of preparation does any team in the NFL really have when a good starter just says, you know what, not going to play this year? Now, I'm not blaming those guys, and let's get that totally clear. For anybody that says, you know what, I'm going to go home. I'm not going to play. It's a pandemic. I've got personal reasons, health reasons, whatever. I don't blame those people. But 
When I look at the NFL teams and the results of that, the fallout of that, if offensive tackles are missing, if middle linebackers are missing, I can't look at a team and say I fully know what they are when they need to solve that problem, when they haven't had the amount of time and practice that they would normally get to try to solve that problem. It's going to take a couple of weeks. And then here's the other thing, too. Because, again, September football, when you think about right? Like, week one in itself this year, I think, is fluky. But September football is always fluky now. That's what it's become as the preseason. Because we've seen it over the years, right? It used to be, I mean, man, do you remember getting excited for a third preseason game? Wasn't that a great feeling? Wasn't that fun? Right? Like, Graceffa, I mean, you're a Jets guy, right? So I'm, I'm sorry for you in that regard. But uh-huh. at, as, would you actually, like, get geeked up for a third preseason game watching the first half? Any oh, of, of course. They, you, they would call it the dress rehearsal back in the day. Yeah. And, I mean, it feels like it really was back in the Do day, they right? they still call it the dress rehearsal? I don't know. I can't imagine. I mean, half of those guys don't even dress, right? Like Ah, there lies the dress rehearsal. Yes. Very good. Smooth. So that's why I'm back, baby. Uh, but and that's like, it. Yeah. <laughs> they couldn't find anybody else, I think is the answer. But, like, that was a cool thing. That was a big, exciting thing. And we don't have third preseason games. No, they like basically that. treat all four the same. Yeah. It's, it's like maybe they come in for a series, maybe they don't. And that's how it's been for the past, I want to say, like four or five years. As it's gotten to the point where the inner squad scrimmages, you go, you travel to a city, you practice with a team for three or four days, as that's taken more of a precedent and players and coaches keep coming out and saying they like that more, well, the preseason isn't as big of a factor. And so as that's changed, play's gotten a little sloppier. Like the first month of the season, September football, has been just a little more chaotic. Games that you expect a team to win, they don't necessarily win, right? It changes. And so normally you give it three, four weeks before you feel like you know a team. And in this year, it might even be more than that. That's that's the kind of thing that I think about right now. Like that's what's really been on my mind as I try to figure out what happened last week and as I prepare myself to kind of digest what's going to happen this week. Because look at a lot of the matchups this week. I mean, you've got some, some pretty good games here. Like Atlanta and Dallas, you've got in the 1 o'clock. Both of those teams are 0-1. One of them, inevitably, naturally, unless there's a tie, which is hilarious that that happens in the NFL, and it should never happen, but it does, and we'll get to that another time. Um, when one of those teams goes to 0-2, do you panic? You know, is this a situation, is this a year where you look at 0-2 and say the sky is falling? Because we do that every year. Every year when a team goes 0-2, we, we step back and we go, oh my goodness, I mean, what hole have they dug? How will they possibly recover from being 0-2? Now, enough teams can make the playoffs going 0-2. We've seen it, right? But is it different this year? Like, how much of an impact is 0-2 this year compared to a normal year of NFL football? Is it different? That's the kind of stuff I keep thinking about. And that's the kind of stuff I want to talk about with you tonight. That's that's going to be our main thing. A lot of other stuff to get into, of course. You know, you had the Heat and the Celtics play tonight. What happened in that game? We'll get into that. Your Stanley Cup is going. What happened there, right? There's There's a lot of things. LeBron James, by the way, if you didn't hear this from yesterday, LeBron James, very agitated about the MVP voting process. There's a lot to get into with that. So uh, plenty of fun things to get into along the way. But if you want to get in, talk a little bit about the NFL season. If you've got something you think you know already one week in, let's talk about it. I've got some things too. And, and how much do we really judge week one? What does it mean this year? Is it different this year? Does it mean less than it did before? 855-212-4227. That's how you join in, 855-212-4227. You can also find me on Twitter. Now, you haven't heard me in a while, so you're like, who is this guy? He sounds familiar. 
It, I don't know if I like his voice, but he sounds familiar. Yeah. yeah, I'm Vince Quinn. Nice to be back. Hope you enjoy the show. And you can find me on Twitter at It's Vince Quinn. That's all one word. It's Vince Quinn. So you can hit me up there. Happy to read tweets on the show. And with that said, there was one that had all sorts of wild speculation in terms of whether or not the relationship would work. And you know what? I'll tell you, one week into this season, I do know that it is a match made in heaven. And we're going to get to that next. You're listening to The Vince Quinn Show on CBS Sports Radio. Listening to the Vince Quinn Show on CBS Sports Radio. So when we started this fine program tonight, I asked James Graceffo, who's producing the show, how much he missed me, scale of 1 to 10. He gave me a 5.5. I'll take it. James, songs like that, 7 out of 10, my friend. I missed you, buddy. This is the James Graceffo experience that I needed back in my life. It's a beautiful thing. So I get all my music from Adam Sandler movies. <laughs> Which is a good way to go. I actually, I saw the Waterboy like two days ago. I hadn't seen it in forever. I, I've seen it before, but my God, the Waterboy is just one of the funniest, greatest sports movies ever. That like, what an absolute stone cold classic. Now you can pick uh, two people that you could hang out with, or two. You can you have three people you can hang out with, but you can only pick two. Uh, Captain Insano, <laughs> okay. Farmer Fran, or Mama. Oh, oh, Mama's out. I want Mama's the worst person. You don't want to hang out with Mama? No, I would rather. I'd rather you be don't alone. Want Mama to make you some fried snake? No, I didn't. Know. I saw her make like small like crocodiles and throw those on the grill, and they were like biting the snout off the crocodile. Which I don't know if you could do that, but I'd try it if you can. Uh, but uh, you can do anything in Louisiana when it comes to food. I bet. Yeah, I would believe it. And if you've got Louisiana recipes, eight five five two one two four two two seven. But uh, yeah, like I no, Mama's the worst character ever. Everything is the devil. You hate Mama that much? Yes, wow. she's. I, would, I mean, here's the thing. As a character, she's funny. But if I had to actually spend time with Mama from the Waterboy, yeah, there's no way. Like Captain Insano could be fun. I th- wrestlers in general, any professional wrestler seems like a good hang. They just seem like lively, rowdy people. You know, I can get behind that. the The farmer, whatever his name is, farmer he's got Fran. Farmer Fran's got the nipple ring. He's just spouting nonsense. That guy's gonna give me like back alley hooch, and I'm in for that. You know what I mean? You like, can't understand him a lot of the time. No, but maybe the more I drink, the more I'd understand. Him. Maybe, maybe. Now, I, Coach Klein, you hanging out with Coach Klein? Uh, I could do that. I think he'd be okay, but he would be a guy that if you had too many beers, he'd, he'd start to get a little weepy. You know, <laughs> I, I worry here's, about that. Here's what I've always thought. You think when they, you know how they got Musburger and Fouts to do the game at the end? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Do you think Musburger loves gambling so much that he made up a line on the fake game? Uh, at the end of the water boy? I would think so. It's, it's good for the brand to do that, you know? I, I would put in a line if I was him. Why not? You and they just, had to tell Brent, like, Brent, it's a fake game. <laughs> There's yeah. no, there are no lines in the field. We already know who's going to win. <laughs> like, the whole idea is Bobby's showing up at halftime. That's the key to the game. 
Well, yeah, but it adds something to it. Like, you know people are gambling on it anyway, so why not? Like, back then, people, because gambling wasn't legal when the Waterboy came out, because when, when did that movie come out? Like, 2002? 98, I 98, say. yeah, okay, it came out a while ago. So, when that movie came out, it wasn't really legal outside of, like, Vegas, so... Yeah, you had to kind of wink and nod a lot. It's kind of fun to just be like, you know, and here's the line on the SC LSU Mud Dogs, because why not? In the Bourbon Bowl. In the Bourbon Bowl, which everybody, it's everybody's favorite football game, the Bourbon Bowl. Uh, it really should be a real Bourbon Bowl. It just sounds cool. We could make one. Could we, like, engineer a Bourbon Bowl? Could we, like, get a couple of high school teams to play each other in Louisiana and I mean, call it the Bourbon no Bowl? I there's going to be no real bowl games this year anyway, so. So maybe we could, or, or like, get... If, because here's the thing, James. We have a we have a national radio show in our hands here. Yeah, if, they're paying attention to this one. Oh well, yeah. If any, if there people are listening to anything, it's this show. But if we wanted to at this hour, yeah. Yes. If we legitimately said like, hey, let's get a game of like Pee Wee football in Louisiana and call it the Bourbon Bowl. Can we make that happen? I think we could. People would buy it. Yes, somebody would buy it. I'd watch it. Why not? Like we'll get we'll get celebrity coaches. Oh, we'll figure it out. Okay, it's a it's in the works. It's already Deion happening. Sanders' first coaching gig. Yeah. See, well, where's he at now? Was it Jackson Jackson, Jackson State? State. Dion, how about Dion as a head coach? I didn't expect like he talked about being a college coach before, and apparently, because when it when it happened that he got announced as being a head coach of a college team, I was like, really, Dion? I know he's a great player. Like, don't get me wrong, but. Being a, pl- a great player and a coach are two totally different things. And then it, it was like, oh, he's an offensive coordinator at his kids' high school team. They won state championships a couple of times. Like, wow. I mean, D- I'll say this. Dion as a college coach could be really fun. Like, I'm really curious to see what Do he does. Do you think this is how, like, Snoop Dogg fashions himself as a football coach? <laughs> kind of one of those things. Well, in a sense, he's going to have the same swag as Snoop Dogg. But he's actually got the acumen. Like, if, I mean, imagine you're an 18-year-old kid, right? And Deion Sanders. Do most do eighteen year old kids know who Deion Sanders is? I would think so. But they know him from the television. They don't know him from. They know him from television. For the Falcons and the Niners. For sure, but he can walk in and he's got Super Bowl rings on his finger and all that kind of stuff, right? They like, don't know him from dumping the champagne on Tim McCarver's head. No, I, I. And you know what's funny? I don't even know if I know him from that. <laughs> I, I don't think so. And I'm, I mean, I'm 30, so for whatever that's worth. But like, I, I look at Dion, and if I was a high school kid, and Dion came to me and said, "Look, man, I was in the pros. I'm a Hall of Famer. Here's my Super Bowl rings. I know what you've got, and you can win. And like, here's how we're going to use you. You got to play for me." I think he could recruit some people. He's going to be more entertaining, more um, compelling than your typical college coach. So maybe Dion works. Like maybe it'd be fun. I hope he does. Just just to follow Dion the coach is like a it's a fun angle. Yeah, this is the whole idea of this is fun. Like it's the Southwestern Athletic Conference. Well, yeah. If you're Jackson State, what do you have to lose? Nothing. Yeah. What's when is the last time I would love to if we could just go through a log of the times that we've talked about Jackson State in the history of CBS Sports Radio. How many times has that that, that school ever come Probably up? None. Exactly. Now, but now Dion gets to like do his podcast on Barstool and tell everybody the game plan going into Saturday. Well, yeah, and maybe he does. And you know what? If he builds a good enough team, he could tell people how how gangster would it be if he could tell people the game plan in a podcast and then do that exact game plan and still win games. Nah, he'd probably get smoked like forty two nothing if he told everybody what he was gonna do. If he's a good recruiter, I don't know. We'll we'll see. I just I love the fact that he's in that game now. And if he can figure it out, I mean, he could be great. Like having a coach with big time personality is fun. Like Jim Harbaugh in his own way, as much as he's like this really kooky, khaki wearing, whatever, like he's fun. It's it, I'm just curious to always see what Jim Harbaugh is doing. If Dion can make it work, I, I hope he can. But anyway, let's let's get back to the, the main thing here, which was when you're looking at the NFL season, right? Because we're one week in and we're on the eve of week two. 
And the thing that I, I couldn't stop thinking about coming into today was just how much did week one actually matter? You know what I mean? Like, you, we take every win, and we always have these very stern line in the sand, like, this is what this team is, this is what this player is. And I feel like this year you can't really do that. There's certain players, there's certain teams that I just can't make a judgment on yet. One week is too soon. September football is typically hard to judge. This year, more than others, it's almost impossible. When you've got a new head coach, if you've got a new quarterback, right? There's just certain changes that take time. If you had players opt out at key positions, there's just things that take time to rally around and figure out and build up over the course of the season. Like Tom Brady going to Tampa Bay. It's easy to bury him after one week if you want. If you don't like Tom Brady, yeah, screw him, right? That's what everybody's going to say. I, I don't like Tom Brady. He stunk week one. He threw a pick six. He's not any good. Like, you can do that. But, I mean, is that really fair? Is that a legitimate way to evaluate Tom Brady in his first game in a new team in his entire NFL career? Like, no, it's, that's ridiculous. So, I'm not going to read too much into week one for Tampa Bay. By the way, they played the Saints, and the Saints are incredible. I can buy the Saints. Sean Payton's been there forever. Breeze has been there forever. They A lot of their key pieces and players, like, they've been there forever. They have continuity. That is a good team. I can believe in that. I can buy them week one. But I can't, I can't make enough judgments about Tampa week one. I can't do it. So, if you want to get in, 855-212-4227. That's CBS Sports Radio's toll-free line. It's sponsored by GEICO. Did you know that right now GEICO is offering an extra 15% credit on car, motorcycle, and RV policies? That's on top of what GEICO could already save you. So what are you waiting for? Visit GEICO.com to learn more. So with that, let's go to the phones real quick. Let's go to Steve in New Jersey. Steve, what's up? Hey, Vin. Thanks for taking my call. appreciate it. Yeah, thanks uh, for calling. Yeah, man. Listen, uh, week one, you know what? Uh, I, I'm on your page. You know, you got to crawl before you walk. You know, we got to make some assessments here and everything. But you know what I found very, very interesting is not a lot of penalties across the league. Uh, last week, you know, uh, pretty much most games were, were kind of like in, 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 in pretty much in sync. Um, uh, I, I was surprised by a couple of the losses, uh, you know, that happened. But like you said, it's the first week. And so, you know, you got to let things go. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm a diehard Packer fan. OK, big okay. time. And there's a lot of bad rap about them. You know, they only won some games three thir- or 13 and three last year. They won some games by just a few points, and they were lucky. And San Francisco has their number, and they beat the you know crap out of them. Yeah. And everything. But uh, you know what? You know Minnesota is no uh, chopped liver, and uh, they took care of Minnesota pretty well. I think that the Packers are going to be uh, a team to be reckoned with. I'd like your opinion on that. Thanks again for taking my call, Ben. Yeah, hey, Steve, and I, I appreciate the call, man. Yeah, like, I look at the Packers, and the Packers are such a such an interesting team because week one was not what I expected at all. I mean, week one, Aaron Rodgers was throwing the ball like crazy for a team that was like, yeah, you know, we're just going to run the ball all the time. That's what we are. That's what we do. Uh, they drafted a quarterback in the first round. You know, like, you look at all that stuff, and you go, okay, they didn't add any receivers that I can think of. I don't think they added anybody. So you look at it, and you go, okay. This looks like a team that is primed to run, that they're not buying into the Aaron Rodgers of old, that that he is old, and that they're just going to let him become, you know, because the life cycle of a quarterback is game manager, superstar, do everything, and back into game manager, and maybe this was Rodgers' time. But he comes out, and he throws it like 40 times, and he has four touchdowns, and the completion percentage is really good. He, he looked amazing. I mean, that was peak Aaron Rodgers. That was vintage Aaron Rodgers that we saw on Sunday. Are we going to see that every week? 
Are they going to run, go back to that next week? I don't know. Based on the history and what they've told me, that is a running team. Is that is that who Aaron Rodgers is going to be every week? Because that's not what they told me they want to be. So I don't know what to make of Green Bay yet. Nice win. Great win. Beating Minnesota, division game, high-scoring game, all well and good. But what is Green Bay? I don't know yet. I'm going to hold judgment before I, I really tell you what they are one way or the other. I will say this. I, I'm very much in that way with the whole NFC East. That's that's where I stand with it. And I'm an Eagles fan, so I'm, I am feeling terrible about the Eagles. But... You look at Dallas, for example. They lose week one to the Rams. Rams, pretty good team. End of that game. Pass interference call. A little questionable. And that determined the game. And you look at it and you go, okay, well, how good is Dallas? You know, is this an indictment on Dallas that they lost to the Rams? People are very down on the Rams. Rams are a pretty good team in my estimation. So I don't think that's a major loss for Dallas. It's unfortunate that they start 0-1, but is their season over? Should they be panicking? Is the Mike McCarthy era in Dallas a flop? Was this all a mistake? Maybe they need Jason Garrett back. Give him a call. No, like it's one week into the season. It's a new regime. They got to figure things out. It was a good team. It takes time. It takes time with all of this. And in fact, here's the thing too, because the Cowboys this week, they're playing Atlanta, okay? Atlanta's a decent team. Not an amazing team. They're a decent team. Now, if Atlanta beats Dallas this week and they go 0-2, do you look at Dallas and go, okay, now it's time for Dallas to panic? Two weeks in, they, even if they play a decent game and they lose, is it time for Dallas to panic at 0-2? No. Like, look at the NFC East. Have you seen the NFC East? That is the weirdest, flukiest, most ridiculous division you could possibly look at. Three of the, three of the teams in the division have new head coaches. You got Joe Judge on the Giants, brand new guys working with a young quarterback. You got Ron Rivera and everything that's going on in Washington and and Dwayne Haskins. Like, what is that? I don't know. So, if anything, like, I look at Dallas as one of those teams that, one, I'm not going to rush to judgment on them. But, two, even if they go 0-2, even if they lose this week, they could totally win the division. I don't see any reason they can't. Eagles are injured as can be. Carson Wentz looked awful in week one to the point where people were like diehard Carson Wentz. People are like, you know, I don't know if he's the franchise quarterback. Like it was, it was ugly. So when you get that whole picture and you put it together for that division, I can't, I don't know what to make any of those teams right now. I have no idea. I thought I would know because the Eagles have the quarterback and the coach and they've been there forever. But man, uh, I don't know what to make of the entire NFC East. One week in, it's easy to judge. I could say the Eagles are bad and Dallas is making a mistake and Washington is, is going to sneakily win the division. They're the best team in the division. Like, I'm not going to do any of that. It's just too early. But the way the NFL schedule works with the lack of the offseason, everything is so imbalanced that I'm not going to judge that. Now, again, there's plenty of things that you can look at after week one and say, I know this team is good. I know this team is bad. And I want to get to that a little bit more because there is a high-profile bad team in the NFL, and I want to talk about that. I also want to talk about a high-profile team that I think is absolutely amazing. And then going to college football, there is a story that is absolutely hysterical that I want to get to on the other side. So if you want to hop in, 855-212-4227. That's how you join, 855-212-4227. You're listening to the Vince Quinn Show on CBS Sports Radio. CBS Sports Radio. You're 
listening to The Vince Quinn Show, weekend overnights on CBS Sports Radio. And boy, did we get some high comedy by way of Clemson football. Yes, I am Vince Quinn. I'm back, baby. I'm back. It's amazing. I mean, I, and honestly, I had, I had no idea. I had no idea if I was going to be back. Like, uh, just to give you the rundown of what happened with me, you might be like, Vince, wait, you're, you are back. What, what happened? Where did you go? Well, obviously, when COVID hit, things went a little sideways, right? So, hey, financial things are financial things. I had to take some time off. I was home for a while. I was still doing shows in Philly. Um, and, I, you know, I had no idea if I'd come back. Just being totally honest with you, I had no clue if I was ever going to do a show on CBS Sports Radio again. And thankfully... Manage, management reached out about, uh, I want to say about a month ago, and they said, hey, you know, thinking of bringing you back. We'd love to have you back doing the Saturday into Sunday overnight, which obviously is this very show right here. And I, I couldn't have said yes fast enough. Are you kidding me? I, I love doing this show. I love being here. I love talking to you about everything. You know, it's fun to go through the whole NFL and the NBA and MLB. Like, it's just fun to go through everything. And so, uh, I, again, I, I accepted that as fast as I could. And I'm back. Like, I'm here to stay. So, Saturday into Sunday, I'm your man. And I, I hope you've enjoyed the show over the, over the past couple of months. Um, for everybody that was filling in for, you know, the time that I started the show. And, and again, I'm just excited to be back and getting everything rolling again. So um, with that being said, we're coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loan Studios. When you need an expert to help navigate the home loan process, Rocket can. So let's go back to Clemson for a minute, okay? Because Clemson, as we know, is one of the top football programs in the country. And as far as college football and who's actually playing, they are the best college football program in the country. Now, looking at Clemson, you might have circled your calendar for this one. I mean, this is a big-time matchup. But you're talking about the highest-octane college football that you could possibly get your hands on. There's, there's great matchups in the history of college football. We know that, right? Ohio State and Michigan, for example. Classic, timeless matchup. So many memories. But does that really compare to the majesty that is Clemson versus the Citadel? I mean, all-time great program, the Citadel, right? Like, is there any program with a prouder history and greater legacy than the Citadel? Graceffo, anybody? I can't think of a better program than the Citadel. Uh, You got your Furmans. True. You 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 got your Georgia Southerns. But and, you got your, yeah. you know, and, even the, like the North Dakota states of the world, and they're up there now. Yeah, that's but, true. I mean, when you when you think of big matchups and cutting checks to people and making sure somebody's athletic department is funded, call the Citadel. Yep, that's who you call them, SCLSU Mud Dogs, as we talked about last. Even segment. though they don't really exist. No, oh, oh, come on! How dare you say this? <laughs> so here's here's what's so crazy, right? The Citadel played Clemson now. This game is hilarious because nobody else in the Citadel's conference is playing football. They're in one double A. They are the only team in their conference playing. It's just them. Their schedule consists of four games. The first one was against the University of Southern Florida, and they got smacked in that game. They lost something like 27 to 6. Then the Citadel, they go up against Clemson. They lose 49 to nothing in this game. Now Whoa, roasted. Yeah, that's right. Well, roasted. They got crushed. And and you know what's so funny about it is it's halftime of the game, okay? And they're in the locker room. Now, 
Davo decides he's going to do so. He's, he's a very nice guy. The score at halftime, by the way, is 49 to nothing. Now, the game is so out of hand. It's so ridiculous. It's so ludicrous. It's a matchup that should never happen anyway, except for money changing hands behind the scenes. It's the only reason this game ever takes place to begin with is the Citadel got paid to be there. Um, you look at it, and he decides, well, it's up 49 nothing. Maybe we should just go and give them the offer to, like, shorten the quarters, running clock. Like, how absurd is it that not only that they make the offer for that, but that it's possible. Like, he is allowed to make that offer, and the Citadel is allowed to accept that offer, and the referees look at it and go, you know what? This game really is sad. Let's just shorten the quarters. Like, they just, <laughs> you can just write that in. Is that actually in the rule book somewhere, the NCAA? Like, the coaches can just arbitrarily decide the length of the game and how the rules work? I mean, that, could it be one of those rules where, like, you know what? If the Citadel gets a safety... They don't lose any points. They just punt the ball. That's just how it is now. We're Clemson. We make the rules. Like it's just it's insane to be at that level and the matchup is that lopsided that they can literally just change the game and how it works in the middle of the game. It's it's totally unbelievable. So I just I love that story. It's it's so funny. And the Citadel and Clemson, even though the Citadel rejected the offer, by the way, because the coach was like, No, if you're gonna beat us, you paid us to be here to beat us up. So you better just beat us up the whole sixty minutes, damn it. And you're a loser. That's right. And <laughs> And and the Citadel, they they ended up losing 49 on nothing. So I guess Clemson just decided to take everybody out or they just, I don't know, they were running experimental like quadruple options or something dumb. Like, I don't know what you do in a 49 to nothing game. I would try all sorts of crazy stuff. You kneel every play. Right. <laughs> oh, I don't know about Trevor Lawrence. You look back at that game against the Citadel, he had negative 80 rushing yards. Do you know how many times he threw the ball today? How many? Take a guess. Oh, this is fun. Okay. I'm going to say six. More. More. Okay. Twelve. Nine. Nine. There you, I mean, that's a stat line. There you go. Trevor Lawrence. Eight of nine. (laughs) 168 yards. This poor guy, Trevor Lawrence, is like the totally assumed number one pick in the draft. And he has to play through a garbage season like this anyway because of restrictions from the NCAA. And he's got to play games like this against the Citadel, which are not worth his time even a little bit. To play a game against the Citadel with your Trevor Lawrence, what's the point? Like, they shouldn't have even had him start. I mean, it's like, <laughs> why bother? <laughs> Whatever. It, the whole thing is so ridiculous. If, if you want to get in, by the way, 855-212-4227. So as, let's move on from college football. And let's talk about the pros for a little bit. Because you, you get back to what week one of the regular season was and what you can actually take away from those games. What does it say about all these different organizations? Who can you judge? Who is it too soon to judge? What is Joe judge? You know, all those different things. And one team that like already I am rock solid that this team is not winning anything. Houston, Houston isn't winning a damn thing. I'm sorry. Hey, they might win the AFC South. It's not, it's an okay division. You know, it's not a great division. It's a lot of like, Kind of, sort of good teams. You know, the Colts, like maybe the Colts are good. I, I don't know, maybe. But Phillip Rivers seems to be the same old guy. Uh, the Titans, like what are they? You know, I, I don't know. I just, I, I look at all of this and I, I look at the Texans and it's one of those teams that I've seen enough of them over the years and I just don't believe them. What's changed? 
Biggest change for Houston is they got their best receiver and they sent him to Arizona and he had 14 catches week one. When the Chiefs boat raced the, the, the Houston Texans on Thursday Night Football week one, they needed a deep pass and they didn't have it, right? It wasn't there. They got rid of the guy that made this thing go. I love Deshaun Watson. I think he's an amazing player, but he's playing uphill. And the fact that Hopkins isn't there, I mean, that showed. Like, that is a team that is not on the level of the Kansas City Chiefs. And if you've got a Super Bowl bet on the on Houston, good luck to you. Because I think he just flushed that money down the toilet. So, 855-212-4227. That's how you get in. I'm Vince Quinn. You can always join the show, by the way, on Twitter. I'm a young man, you know? I'm hip. I'm lively. I'm down with the tech. I'm the, well, I did TikTok for like two days, and then I, I got over it. But I am on Twitter. Again, at It's Vince Quinn. Happy to read tweets and interact with you there. In the meantime, let's go to Austin, who's in Texas. Austin, you're on CBS Sports Radio. What's up? Hey, what's up? Hey, so here's the reality of the Dallas my Dallas Cowboys. Okay. Um, as far as competing for a Super Bowl, it doesn't look like that's going to happen. But as far as winning the division, because that division is so bad this year, it's going to be bad this year. Yeah, maybe. And I think it's going to be an 8-8 eight eight winner who wins that division. <laughs> it but, really could be, which is so yeah. sad. Well, here's, here's, here's the problem. Losing Gerald McCoy before the season started, that was huge because we don't have any other run stopper on that line. Okay, and then the linebackers who, who you know stopped the run, one of them is made of glass, and the other one is playing on one leg. Well, and, and in a way, both of the, like, Sean Lee is hurt again, which always yeah. happens. I know he's the third linebacker, but still, he's hurt. Van Der Esch, he's it's always been worries with him, and now he's hurt again. So, like, yeah, you look at the linebackers, it's, that, that's a big-time worry, and that's really what made Dallas go. Those linebackers have been phenomenal. Yeah, and, and, and here's, the, here's the, the bad news. Leighton Van Der Esch is done. I hate to say it, but, you know, it's a good rookie year and a good season that one year, but he's done. He's had two neck surgeries. He's, he's, he broke his clavicle. I mean, in that position, the physicality of that position, I wouldn't be surprised if he retires by next year. Okay, it's just it's it's time to move on. Jalen Smith, you know, that's another one too. He had one good year, and he, he just he's not the same sideline to sideline linebacker as he was in college. I mean, you know, we didn't address the safety position, and now it's looking like we're going to have to be in shootouts this year. And Dak Prescott is not built to win shootout games, and I, and I love Dak Prescott. I'm the biggest Dak supporter, but you know. He, that's not his game. He's good when he has a lead. You know, I think he can he can win you a Super Bowl when the pieces are all right. But you know, the offensive line looks shaky now too. I mean, it's just I could see us go eight and eight, and I think it's going to come down to that second to last game between the Eagles. It's going to be a winner go home, winner go home again game like it was last year. And yeah, anyone anyone can win those type of games. You know, it's just it's sad. This was supposed to be the year we just dominated and won the division. You know, clear cut, but. I don't know about this year. Well, yeah, I mean, I don't think anybody in the NFC East feels good. And Austin, thanks for the call, man. I appreciate it. Like, yeah, the, the NFC East is just a mess. And for Dallas, I mean, to have the Dak Prescott contract stuff up in the air, that is ugly business for them. I mean, they got a lot of questions here. It's a good offense. Don't get me wrong. They got a lot of good talent. You know, obviously you have Zeke. You got Michael Gallup. You've got Amari Cooper. When CeeDee Lamb is your third wide receiver, you're looking pretty damn good. Okay? Like, they lost Blake Jarwin, and that sucks. But... That's a talented team. Like, they should be able to. If the coaching is good, if they make actual improvements, that coaching staff has a Super Bowl-caliber team. Like, that roster is good. It's good enough. But they got some drama. They got some questions. I'm not a big Mike McCarthy guy. I just, I don't feel great about Dallas. So, 
anyway, two one. Uh, oh, I almost gave the Philly number. I knew I was going to do it at some point. I almost did it. I almost did it. I caught myself. Eight five five, two one two four two two seven. There you go. Yeah, it's on the wall in front of me. I, I'm going to have to tattoo it to my wrist. Um, we'll, we'll figure it out one way or another. I I knew I was going to do it. It's been a while. I mean, when's the last time I did a show here? February. Like I haven't been here. March. Yeah, maybe the first week of March. So it's been a long time. I haven't done a show here in like six months. Been a while, Graceffo. You don't remember the great uh, Utah Jazz coronavirus spot we did? Oh, well. T- <laughs> yeah. That oh, was Rudy fun. Gobert got sick and ruined everything. Here we go. Yeah, no. And that was so funny, too, because it was after he had just touched all the microphones and he's like, look, Corona's not real. Here I go. And then <laughs> don't worry. Everything is fine. Oh, that was too funny, man. I'll never forget the uh, the Oklahoma City with the PA announcer. He's like, Everyone leave, but everything is fine. Yeah. <laughs> that was that was such a horrible way to approach things. We need all 60,000 of you to run for your lives, but don't worry about it. Like <laughs> visit us at thunder.com for any questions yes, you may have. That's right. Can you try to dig that up? I want to I need to hear I need to experience that again. If you can find that cut you will be the. I'll, I'll officially name you the greatest producer in the history of sports talk radio. I have that ability, the list by the is way. Long. It's it's a long. Well, well, you got to go through all the old cuts, right? Is that what you're saying? No, the list of pr- great producers is long. Oh well, you're catapulting to the top. I'm just at, this is all it takes. See, I because I, I again, I have the ability. That's why you they do. brought me back because I have this kind of say in things. Okay. Yeah. So, <laughs> do I get it on a mug or like a fake trophy? How do I get? It? Uh, yeah, I'll give you an award next week. I'm not going to tell you what it is, but I'll give you an award next okay. week. Yeah, so stay tuned for that. But nice. you got to find the cut first, okay? It, it, yeah, it, it's yeah, okay. Yeah, you got to yeah. give something to get something. That's I'm sure, the game. I'm sure we'll, we can find it. Yeah, we'll figure it out. All right, so, yeah, let me know when you got it. But if you want to get it, 855-212-4227. I was just telling you a team that I really didn't buy. Uh, there was a team I want to – you know what? I'll just say this real quick, right? I'm in on Pittsburgh. You got to be. One week in. Again, as much as week one is crazy and September football is a mess all the time. Being in a pandemic year, I looked at Pittsburgh. I saw what they did week one against the Giants. Bad team, I know. But I looked at that team and I said, you know what? This team is great. Pittsburgh legitimately has a shot. They're good enough. They almost made it to the playoffs last year with who, Duck Hodges? I mean, really? What is what is that? <laughs> you know? For, for Pittsburgh to get Big Ben back, and if he's at least capable, you know, if, if he's just okay with that defense... That is a Super Bowl caliber team. I am buying all the stock in Pittsburgh. I've seen them before. I know what they look like when they're healthy, when they're good. I know what Pittsburgh is. I've seen James Conner before when he's healthy. I know what he looks like. I've seen Eric Ebron, by the way, and I've seen what he's done with good quarterbacks, what he did with Andrew Luck. I can buy into that. I can buy into Mike Tomlin. Right, so there's just there's enough things. The Steelers are a stable enough organization. They've always been in the conversation. This is another year where they're in the conversation. I've seen enough. I know enough. Pittsburgh is really good this year. Week one, that's all it took, and I know. But if you want to talk eight five five two one two four two two seven, that's how you join the show. You can also join the show on Twitter, by the way, at it's Vince Quinn. That's all one word. It's Vince Quinn. So here's what I want to get into next: is sometimes you see a superstar quarterback. And they carry a team. But coming up next, let's talk about the dangers and the worst case scenario for a team with a system quarterback. And that is coming up next. You're listening to the Vince Quinn Show on CBS Sports Radio. 
You're listening to The Vince Quinn Show, weekend overnights on CBS Sports Radio. No, it can't be. How'd I get in here? Who let me in? No, I, yeah, I'm back. I'm back. I'll be Return here. Return to the Mac, if you will. Yeah, it's, I, I, I was called when I was a kid Vinnie Mac once in a while, so it works. I think that's that's fitting. That's my new theme song. It's official. Uh, <laughs> so 855-212-4227 is how you can join the show. 855-212-4227. You can also just hit me up on Twitter at It's Vince Quinn. And I got a lot of welcome back so far. People excited that I'm, I'm back on the air. And I mean, I think you could tell I'm just I'm as giddy as can be. I'm thrilled to be back. So I'm glad people are enjoying the show. And... Here's what I want to do, because one of the last times that I was on the air here, there was a wonderful, crazy, ridiculous moment that happened. Now, was this the the Jazz and the Thunder? Is that who was playing? Yes. Okay, so the Jazz and the Thunder are getting ready to tip off for a basketball game. Now, this is just a couple of days after Rudy Gobert decides to go, hey, uh, you know that COVID thing? Uh, it's not real. Let me just touch all the microphones and show everybody that it's not real. And then, you know, he tested positive just a couple of days later. And so as the Thunder and the Jazz are about to tip off, this happens. The game tonight has been postponed. You are all safe. <laughs> the screams. And take your time in leaving the arena tonight and do so in an orderly fashion. Thank you for coming out tonight. We are all safe. And you can visit OKCThunder.com for updates on upcoming games. This quick exit is brought to you by Geico. When you leave, leave orderly. Leave with Geico. Like, what? It's just the fear in his voice when they're all like, we're all safe here. Yeah. (laughs) Or like the people screaming, why? (laughs) Or just the one random woman screaming at the beginning. Yeah, that's the thing. As soon as it happens, ladies and gentlemen, the game is canceled. <laughs> the game tonight has been postponed. You are all safe. <laughs> it's so funny because the guy tonight and do so in an orderly fashion. Thank you for coming out tonight. <laughs> he's so or like he's so not built for that. It's funny because the guy is a great like the voice and the presentation is great for an yeah, inner arena built announcer. For telling you, Chris Paul hit a three. Yeah, exactly. He passes the ball to the corner there to Chris Paul for three. Like, it's, that's great. He's totally got that sound. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, it's time for our halftime raffle. Make sure you pull out your tickets. Tonight's number is, like, he's got that. He's built for the kiss cam. Yeah, he's nailing that. But, like, ladies and gentlemen, there is a virus and you need to live. Like, he's not built for that. He, he just does like a situation where, like, there's a real world thing going on. He's just <laughs> the announcer booming voice just overcoming overtaking everything honey i've reconnected with my high school girlfriend and (laughs) it's so crazy man it's so funny i I missed that clip that was great so you are officially now because i did promise you this you are officially the best producer in the history of sports talk radio how does that feel graceffo the mountain is really, really small. Yeah, it's more of a, it's more of an anthill. It's not, it's not as much of a climb as I thought it. No, but you've climbed it to Rick. get to three forty on a Sunday morning with you. I, mean, I know it's it's not exactly what anybody envisioned it to be, I but mean, here it is. Never, never go into show business. What it comes down to, or any business. Yeah. So okay, so let's let's actually stick in the NBA, by the way, because LeBron just last night. 
The Lakers play the Nuggets. You also get news that the MVP of the NBA has been announced. It's not LeBron James. It's Giannis. Giannis, who won Defensive Player of the Year, wins the MVP. Second year in a row for Giannis, by the way. Had a great season. Averaged like 29 points a game. I think he had 13 rebounds a night. Like, it was it was Giannis. I mean, you, you get it, right? I don't think it's a surprise that Giannis won the MVP. But it does turn out that LeBron James, when, when he realized that he wasn't the MVP, well, he wasn't happy about it. Listen to this. Sometimes this, you know the best player uh, on the best team. Sometimes it's the guy with the best season statistically. Uh, sometimes uh, it, it, it's changed over the course of, uh, over the course of my career. I mean, you know, you don't know, you know, you don't know, but I, you know, you know, Giannis had a hell of a season. I, I can definitely say that. Yeah. He's been out of shape. Right. And I don't blame him. I don't, I don't blame LeBron James a little bit. He's going to get ripped for that. He's probably been getting ripped for that for the past 24 hours. Fine. I mean, the MVP voting went. There are 101 votes. I don't know why it's 101, not a clean 100. But anyway, 101 votes for the MVP. 85 went to Giannis, and 16 went to LeBron James. Now, here's the thing. When you look at the way the MVP has been given out over the past couple of years, LeBron's right. I mean, people come up with different arguments for why different guys are going to win the MVP. Like Russell Westbrook, when he won the MVP, that's different than, you know, Giannis winning the MVP. It's just, it's a different argument. So when you look at stuff like that, and LeBron looks at the career that he's had, you've got a really good case for him as the MVP. I mean, you're talking about the Lakers and and the great record that they have. He basically built the team. I mean, he's essentially the GM. And for him to play as well as he does at his age and not do load management this year, he was very anti, like, I'm not sitting out. Kawhi, he can sit out as much as he wants. I'm not sitting out games. I'm going to play. And so LeBron played, and he played really well. And for him to do that at 35 years old, playing all the minutes that he has in the history of his career, that is amazing. I mean, that is really an incredible thing for him to do. And to only get 16 votes and have the consistency that he's had, in a way, I feel for him. I get where he's coming from. I can understand his frustration. The guy's been excellent. There's no criticisms from me for LeBron James. And when when you think about LeBron, it's such a fascinating thing, right? Because for him, he's got a higher bar than anybody if he's going to be the MVP. It's harder for him than anybody else in the league. It's just a fact. And that's how it is for all of the great, all-time great players. It's hard to win the MVP every single year. Because MVP-level performance is an expectation, right? If LeBron doesn't play at an MVP level, suddenly it's, is LeBron James slipping? Is he not very good? You know, has he fallen off the cliff? Is this finally all the minutes catching up to LeBron James? If he just has like an all-star year, but not an MVP year. That's the kind of things that we're going to be saying. That's what we're going to be talking about. I guarantee you, that is the life of LeBron James. If he's not an MVP, he's a dead man. So for him... I mean, what can he do? Like, I don't know what he has to do to win another MVP. I'm not sure. Or at least to get more votes. I mean, again, only 16 votes. I love Giannis. I get it. He's fun to watch, right? I mean, maybe not so much in the playoffs. You know, it didn't exactly go his way. But uh, you, you look at LeBron, and, I mean, that guy is probably going to the, the NBA Finals again. Like, that's what LeBron does every single year. So what does he have to do? What does it take? What's the argument when are people going to make that argument that, hey, I mean, you could say that Giannis did all this stuff, but LeBron did all of these things at 35. You know, like, that's amazing. That's a guy we want to award. We He deserves another accolade, a, a career achievement. 
to go with. You know, it's an acknowledgement for how great he's been over all the years. Plus, being in the conversation for the MVP, you give him the MVP. You know, that was the argument for Drew Brees a couple of years ago, maybe last year. He was in the MVP race. Well, I guess not last year because, I mean, that was that was Lamar. But there's been times with Drew Brees. It's like, yeah, man, I mean, he's never done it. So if he's close, we should give it to Drew Brees. So LeBron, it's just harder for him to get those arguments. They're not fun. They're not sexy. They're not exciting, right? If somebody walks in and goes, hey, guys, let me tell you something. LeBron James, he's the MVP of the NBA. Everybody goes, yeah, idiot. Thanks for interrupting us playing Fortnite or whatever. Like, what are, you, what are you doing? Of course, everybody knows that. So I get where LeBron's coming from. I understand his frustration. It's it's a bad place to be for him because he can't. He's. I mean, I'll say this. Here's the one criticism is you've won a bunch of MVPs, man. Like, you've won at least four MVPs. You're in the All-Star game every year. Everybody knows you're one of the best players of all time. You're maybe the greatest player of all time. Win the finals. Like, he's on track to do that right now. I figure he'll forget about this pretty quickly, and and he'll move on from it, but I do get where he came from in the moment. Anyway, 855-212-4227 if you want to get in and talk about it. I mean, is it fair? Am I being too sympathetic to LeBron James? Does, does he deserve to be ripped for doing all this, for making a scene? Maybe. 855-212-4227. I'm happy to talk about it. I'm Vince Quinn. And I want to get to a couple of NFL teams that I, I think are pretty interesting. We'll, we'll see if we can squeeze them in here in a minute. But first, let's go to Dave in Long Island. Dave, what's up? Hey, how you doing? Maybe this is one of the teams, too. Now, um, earlier you called uh, the New York Giants a bad team, and they deserve every every bad call, every bad play, every bad decision for the past three years. They've earned it. Um, now, they are touting this coaching staff as the best coaching staff. You know, they're, they're like building it up. Like, this is, this is the new culture. And forget about Gettleman for a second. But they're, they're getting all these coaches out here. What I don't understand, and I looked, at the, I looked at the Pittsburgh game. Pittsburgh played sloppy, but they did play very well. The defense was amazing. We all knew that was going to happen. But here's what I don't understand. You draft Saquon Barkley. You draft Daniel Jones at six, and you draft Andrew Thomas. You run Barkley behind Cam Fleming pretty much the entire night. I don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, don't let, understand. let me. Let, I can explain this in a very simple way for you, Dave. I mean, you're a Giants fan. You'll know the answer to this question. Yeah. Who's yeah. the offensive coordinator for the Giants? Right. <laughs> yeah, it's Jason Garrett. So right. I mean, what are we talking about here? That's a, of course, like that's right. the thing. You can you can they can say all these things they want about the coaching staff when it's like Freddie Kitchens and Jason Garrett and a guy that nobody knows anything about and Joe Judge. I can't believe in that coaching staff right now. Right, and well, the the thing is, they they got they got a couple shocks. You know, DeAndre Baker. I mean, shouldn't have been a shock to Gettleman since they knew about him beforehand. But there was him. Xavier McKinney got hurt. And I hope they don't rush him back. You know, I I think he could he could be a, a big uh, plus in the future. But my main question to you is, what do they have to do this year to go from bad to mediocre? I don't want them to have to compete for a top five draft pick again. I want to at least see some. You know, I want to see him beat the Bears honestly, and I hope. Sir, that your that your Jets, your your producers Jets, don't beat them because uh, don't beat the uh, 49ers because that'll 
piss them off and make them very upset and then make them more competitive for uh, for the Giants. Yeah, it so, certainly will. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so what so what can the Giants do to be mediocre? Dave, thanks for the question. So here's long story short, here's what it needs to be for them. They just need to be a mediocre offense this year. They can go from a bad offense to a mediocre offense. They've got receivers. Daniel Jones, what does he look like? Can he limit the fumbles? Can he limit the picks? That's all it really comes down to. Their defense is not good, okay? That defense is terrible. It's going to take time. You can't expect them to win games with the defense. It's not going to happen. So look at the offense. That's where the investment has been with the offensive line. When you're looking at Daniel Jones, when you're looking at Saquon Barkley, Evan Ingram, all these different guys, uh, they added Golden Tate. Slayton is a fun wide receiver. They've got they've got talent in New York. You know, they've got some fun offensive pieces. It's not a great team right now, but for this year growing, it's an acceptable unit. It gives Daniel Jones enough. So if they can make that look okay, then I can absolutely see it with the Giants where they're, you know, the 15th, 16th best offense in the NFL. I think that is a nice goal for them. It's an achievable goal, but... I mean, you're working against Jason Garrett and Freddie Kitchens and like, good luck with that. So that's, that's the problem of it. It comes down to coaching. Is this the right coaching staff? That's the question for the Giants. That's what they got to solve. But there's a lot of different things to get into. If you're just tuning in, what have we been talking about? The main thing that's been bothering me that I've been wondering about is you look at the first week of the NFL season and we like to make all these big grand assumptions about what every team is going to be, what each quarterback is, what each coach is, right? We like to do that. It's, it's easy. That's what we normally do. But when you look at this NFL season, one week in, this week one is different than every week one in the history of football. There has never been a week one like this. With the irregular offseason, missing mini camps and training camp, and the rookies not getting all that time, right? It's different. The lack of contact, the lack of preseason games, all of that, when you pile it up, is fundamentally different. And what we've been doing a lot of tonight and and what we're going to do throughout the rest of the show here is just go through what do we really know? I mean, one weekend, what do we really know? What teams do we actually understand? What can we really project? And if you want to get in, 855-212-4227. That's how you join, 855-212-4227. Also happy to hear from you on Twitter. Give me a follow at It's Vince Quinn. That's all one word. It's Vince Quinn. When we come back, somebody said he's better than Patrick Mahomes. Let's talk about it. You're listening to The Vince Quinn Show on CBS Sports Radio. CBS Sports Radio. You're listening to The Vince Quinn Show, weekend overnights on CBS Sports Radio. And it is so good to be back. Yes, Vince Quinn with you. I'm back. Little hiatus. You know, just a little time at home. Just a couple of tears on the floor. I'm okay. I made it. We're good. We're fine. I'm back. Everything's good. So, what have we been talking about tonight? Well, we've been getting into a lot of NFL stuff, right? Because... Week two, I mean, if you want to count the Bengals and Browns game from Thursday, yes, week two has already started, but the meat of it is today. And as week one comes and goes, you know, I think, okay, like, this team is amazing. This team's terrible. But but I I have to fight that instinct, right? Because that's, that's my normal urge of things. But when it's a different year like this, how much can you really take away 
from week one? I mean, have we put too much stock in it? Are people running wild with the kinds of assumptions that they're making one week into a pandemic-riddled offseason? Is it too soon for a lot of this judgment? I think so. And if you want to get in, 855-212-4227. I think we're just jumping the gun a little bit. 855-212-4227. And by the way, we're coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loan Studios. When you need certainty in the home buying process with a loan that fits your life, Rocket can. Now, let's talk about Russell Wilson for a moment, shall we? Because here's something that I did not expect to hear this week, but... A fascinating bit of news regarding Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson said this week that without a doubt, this is the quote, without a doubt, he's the best quarterback in the NFL. And you go, oh, whoa, hey, hey now. I mean, is Russell Wilson one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL? Absolutely. Is he the best quarterback in the NFL? Probably not. Most people would say no. That's a ridiculous argument. How could he possibly say that? Patrick Mahomes exists. Okay? And until, I don't know, 2050, right? It's <laughs> Who knows how long Mahomes will play? He's already talking about how he wants to outplay Tom Brady. Um, no, he's not. I'm just making things up. But when, when you think about Mahomes and how great he's been and the fact that he just won a Super Bowl and Wilson hasn't won one in years and what Seattle's been over the past couple of years... It seems silly to some people, right? How could Russell Wilson say that he's better than Patrick Mahomes? Without a doubt. Well, let me make the argument, okay? I just, I'm a little devil's advocate here, okay? Because not many people are going to want to make the case for Russell Wilson. I think he's got a decent case. Here's the case. If you're Russell Wilson saying why you're better than Patrick Mahomes, imagine a scenario. Might sound a little, little funny, but roll with me here. Give me a second. Imagine a scenario where Patrick Mahomes and Russell Wilson swap teams. How does it look? That's what I wonder about. If I'm if, if I'm thinking, can could Russell Wilson actually be a better quarterback than Patrick Mahomes? Clearly, Mahomes is more talented. Okay, and and it's crazy to say that because Russell Wilson is absurdly talented. It's, I mean, I am the biggest Russell Wilson fanboy that you can find. I love that guy. I think he's one of the most remarkable, legitimate, like clear cut hall of fame talents I've seen in my lifetime. That guy is unreal. Good. But Edgar Seffos, you're smiling over there. What does that look on your face? Do they also call you Mr. Unlimited? Yeah. <laughs> are you, are, are you, are you, uh, Brother of Mr. Unlimited or, or friend of un- Mr. Unlimited? What, what would they call you? Well, let's just say the ladies call me Mr. Unlimited, but that's, that's for another time. Now, now, <laughs> no, but here's the, here's the thing about Russell Wilson, right? It's like, I, I mean, is Pete Carroll and the different offensive coordinators that have come through with Seattle over the years, like, is that comparable to Andy Reid? No, it's nowhere close. Right? I mean, that's the thing. Because if you're talking about talent, again, Patrick Mahomes is the most talented quarterback I've ever seen. But could Russell Wilson actually be a better quarterback? If I saw Russell Wilson in Kansas City with Andy Reid running that kind of offense with those receivers, I think it'd be pretty easy to say Russell Wilson is the best quarterback in the NFL. I mean, Russell Wilson, what he's had to deal with in Seattle, especially over the past couple of years, because that I mentioned it a little bit earlier. You have this life cycle for quarterbacks, right? Where typically, and Russell Wilson's gone through it, where early in the career, he's a game manager. 
Right? Remember that year, seven and nine, Seattle makes the playoffs. Everybody's mad about it. Marshawn Lynch, beast quake happens. They beat the Saints. They win a playoff game. And everyone's like, ah, you know, <laughs> look at that upset. Well, Russell Wilson's grown from that. We've seen that. He is a guy that can win you games by himself. He's done it regularly the past couple of years. He's put that offense on his back time and time again. Because Seattle, they always want to run the ball, and then they get behind, and then they're like, Russ, save us! And the arms are wiggling in the air. Russ, please! Like olive oil in a Popeye cartoon. They're just, please, Russell! And he, he steps in, and sure enough, he eats a can of spinach, and he saves the day. That's what Russell Wilson does. And if you had that guy with an actual offensive head coach and a team full of guys that run a 4-4-40 and are first-round picks, I mean, that guy, Russell Wilson, could be... I could see him throwing 50 touchdowns in Kansas City. I could easily see him winning a Super Bowl in Kansas City if he had Andy Reid as his quarterback. So you look at it, and on the surface, for Russell Wilson to say that he's a better quarterback than Patrick Mahomes looks patently ridiculous, right? We know what Patrick Mahomes is, but... That case is a lot closer than people are going to make it out to be. So I think it's important to state the case of Russell Wilson here. I mean, that guy, it's its him, it's Mahomes, and then everybody else is a step below. That's how I see it. So if, if you want to get in, by the way, 855-212-4227. That's how you join the show, 855-212-4227. And when it comes to judgments, right? Because, again, week one, after one week, how much can you really judge? From what I saw from Seattle with Russell Wilson, that's exactly what I expect. Now, I didn't think they'd pass that much, and so that's what I'm wondering about. You know, is Seattle a real contender? How much do they trust Russell Wilson? That's what I want to see over the next couple of weeks. Are they still relying on him? Is he the guy that's really carrying the load? They talk a lot about wanting to run the ball. They've had all of these different running backs that they've invested in over the past couple of years. They want to run. So do they continue to fight that urge and give the ball to their best player and a guy that could be the MVP this year, or do they stick to their run offense? That's what I want to know with Seattle. But I know that Russell Wilson can be an MVP because I've seen that kind of play in the past and I saw what he did week one and it all makes sense. That's a judgment you can make one weekend. He's that good. So 855-212-4227. Again, I'm Vince Quinn. You can always hop in on Twitter and give me a follow at It's Vince Quinn. With that being said, let's go to Jonathan in Illinois. Jonathan, you're on CBS Sports Radio. What's up? Hey, thanks, Vince. Welcome back. Appreciate it. Thank you. Hey, uh, uh, I, I wanted to say two things to you. Uh, I'm going to talk about that MVP for basketball, but okay. you're right. You're right. Russell, Russell Wilson uh, uh, is, a, is a good quarterback. Uh, and if he was in a different system with Andy Reid, he probably would be more successful than be, being in Pete Carroll's uh, uh, offensive scheme with the, with the talent that they have over there. You, you're probably right about that. E- equally, if he, they was in the same system, Russell would be more successful. Yeah, you're right about that. Yeah, I mean, he but, could be, or at the very yeah, least, just be, as good. I mean, be, yeah. he's he's amazing. Yeah, he is. I agree with you on that. Uh, that 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 was a good point you just made. That that was an excellent point. Thanks. If, if he was in the if he was in the right system, uh, like Andy Reid, he probably would be throw fifty touchdowns and 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 you know maybe be uh, 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 MVP and all that. You know. Yeah, that, that's now, why I'm back, Jonathan. Points like that. That's why like we need this Vince Quinn guy back. We got to get him on the air ASAP. So so now, here I am. About, about the NBA. Yeah. I'm going to tell you why LeBron didn't get the MVP uh, for many years and counting this year. The reason he didn't get it was because the way the NBA does things when they pick an a, a MVP, historically, LeBron went out and got Anthony Davis. 
without Anthony Davis, LeBron wouldn't be uh, in the position he is right now with the Lakers. There's no way he would be there by himself without without AD. No, no, that's like the go to State Warriors getting Kevin Durant. Well, so, let me so well, we, let me let me make the argument real quick because let's say okay he doesn't have Anthony Davis. I mean, if he doesn't have that Mac, that guy and that Max contract, is it like look at Miami or you look at um, the the Celtics and they've just got all of these different guys that they're moving in and out and it's just a well built team and like if he has a team like that, could LeBron James if he was on a Miami Heat kind of roster, could he be in the finals? Could he be an MVP caliber player? I think so. Well, if he's playing in the East, but when you're playing in the only reason he went to the finals in the in the East those years he was over there with Cleveland was because it was a weak division. He would never did that with the Golden State Warriors when they had their team together as good as their team was before they got hurt. He never would have done that over there in the West, you no know, eight years in a row. Yeah, he wouldn't have that done was, it eight years in a row. That's for sure. No, that wouldn't have never happened. That, that never would have happened, and it's not going to happen after this year. Going back once Golden State. Uh, uh, comes back together and gets healthy. Uh, uh, Golden State's going to get uh, the guy from Milwaukee. You know, quiet as is kept. Giannis. He's going, he's, yeah, he's going to Golden State Warriors, but they're not talking about it right now. But guarantee you, he's cutting out. He's oh cutting man! Out. And I'm going to tell you this: as uh-huh. great as LeBron James is, Vince, do you know as great as he is, and he's great, he has never got an MVP and Defensive Player of the Year in the same year. In the same year, that's amazing. And the man plays great defense. So, because he's so good, the NBA looks at him as, well, yeah, you're great, but we're going to get an MVP to Giannis because Giannis doesn't have a second guy to go to. He doesn't have a Rob- he doesn't have a Robin to go to. Not on that same level, no. Chris Middleton's no. a good player, no, he but he's not Anthony Davis. Over there. He yeah. does it all by himself over there, Giannis, and his team wins the- has the best record two years in a row, but when it comes to the playoffs, he doesn't show up. Well, yeah, and that's why, like, now you look at it, Jonathan, you think, okay, well, maybe because of the way the playoffs have gone for the Bucks, maybe Giannis doesn't get it next year. Like, that, now oh, the shine, right? He I mean, what are the odds that he does back-to-back-to-back to back to back anyway? But now, like, the narrative, the, the, the will that kind of LeBron was talking about, that story you create to give Giannis the MVP again, I don't know if you can because so many people are going to say, I need to see more in the playoffs. And, and Jonathan, I appreciate the call, man. And part of the thing is, too, with LeBron not getting the MVP and Defensive Player of the Year in the same year, only three guys have done it. So we can't, you know, <laughs> he's done basically everything that any other player in the history of the NBA has done. But I can't rip him for not being Defensive Player of the Year and MVP at the same time. I just, I, I can't criticize him for that. <laughs> That'd be insane. Now, here's something else I want to get to. And by the way, if you want to hop in, 855 212 Four two two seven. That's how you join the show. Is I was thinking a little bit about the, the, there's this weird thing, right? I walk in the house, you get spam mail all the time. That's one of the things I've realized more than ever. Staying home, you sit in the house and you just got nothing to do. You're checking the mailbox every single day. Usually, you get busy. Maybe I'd check it once every week, once every week and a half, something like that. Check the mail. I get this piece, and they say, "Oh man, what do you know? We have this beautiful product that you need to buy, and it's only five payments of twenty-two, twenty-two. And by the way, make sure you call now because we have limited supplies. These supplies might not last. Now, let me ask you, America: Has there ever been a time in your life where you've actually tried to buy the product, and they said, "You know what? We're actually out of limited supply." Does that ever happen? I feel like every Everybody that has ever sold anything in the history of sales, they always say, well, 
Hurry up. Supplies last. Like, you could go to the supermarket, and you could buy a case of water, and it could be, like, whatever basic water. They'll say, well, hurry up. There's only so many cases of water left in the factory. Really? I see oceans and rivers everywhere. What do you mean there's no water? Like, they just, they always seem to have this urge to tell you that everything is just going to disappear. It's it, When has it ever been true? I just wonder if there's ever been a time where somebody's actually ordered something, and they legitimately ran out of supplies. It feels like it never... Outside of, because here's the one item that doesn't count. It's the Popeye's chicken sandwich. Okay, the Popeye's chicken sandwich doesn't count. Because that was legitimately out everywhere. I mean, people people were like stabbing each other in Popeye's. Like, that was, if you were trying to predict what the apocalypse looks like, if there's a water shortage, you know, like the lack of Popeye's chicken sandwiches is the closest we'll get. People turned into savagery. They were they were ripping each other apart. If you cut somebody in line, they cut you. You know, like you couldn't, you couldn't mess around. Now I, I had will have sandwich. a chicken breast yeah. with the chicken. <laughs> Yeah, like I, I did. You rush out to get a, a Popeyes chicken sandwich, Graceffo? Did you join that rush? No, I didn't. You didn't. I walked into the Popeyes and I just ordered, you know, the regular standard order. Yeah, you, what is the regular standard order? Uh, for me? Yeah. What What is your standard? They had order? this thing called a ten dollar tenders box. Okay. Delicious. Mm. Now they'd give you like six, seven tenders in there. But sometimes they'd fill it up to nine or ten. Oh, and if you're a regular, I would figure. I don't even know what I, they were doing. Yeah. <laughs> Any, so you get the you get the ten tenders, you get two biscuits, you get two sides. Delicious. Okay. That holds you over for a full day. Yeah, that's a lot of food. I just ordered Popeyes today. You did. Yeah. See, there you go. Ten dollar tenders box, not there. There you go. <laughs> Upsetting. Come on, Popeyes. Five you, piece. There's demand. Five piece. Yes. Two, uh, two biscuits, two sides. 14 bucks. Not bad. With Not bad. I had it delivered, you know, because I'm a fancy guy. Well, yeah. That's, <laughs> all I the fanciest sandwich, people get Popeye's delivered. I had the sandwich. I didn't enjoy it. I gotta you, be didn't, you didn't even no, like the sandwich. I didn't like it. It was fine. Like, it was, it was a nice chicken sandwich. I didn't realize the fervor over yeah. it. Yeah. So, I mean, so take me through this for a second. Because to see the national phenomenon that was the Popeye's chicken sandwich when that happened. I mean, to actually, because, like, I got in line, and it was a long wait, and all these people are kind of looking at each other. Like, if oh, you yeah, had no, had the I sandwich, on, I haven't I had the sandwich. I got on the same lines you did. Yeah. And people are lined up at the door. And I'm like, I don't even want the sandwich. So, <laughs> so what happened, though, when you actually finally tried it, and then you're like, nah. Like, I what? had it delivered because I'm a fancy guy yes very classy and just not impressed like it was okay like it was an okay chicken sandwich (laughs) and i'm i'm pretty with you on that you know i had it and i was like you know it's good it's good, but I'm not gonna like run out and kill people for it. I know, which is what happened. I mean, it right. got violent, and then people were selling it on eBay. They're like, "We have a Popeyes chicken yeah, sandwich." You know, that's not, that can't go bad through like <laughs> travel, through well, shipping travel. Well, I, I'll say this: I've seen enough videos of like, "Here's a McDonald's burger yeah, from 1842." Really yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know, but maybe, maybe. Well, I don't know. But some people were selling that stuff on eBay for ludicrous amounts of money. <laughs> Because they actually, they said supplies could run out, and they actually ran out. You just never see that. It was amazing. If you're getting your Popeye's chicken sandwich shipped from Seattle, you got a problem. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's all I'll say about it. That's fair. So, anyway.